Welcome to the first episode of Forte Innovations, where we simply explore people's fortes and innovations in the business world. I'm your host, Trevor Troyer, and in today's episode, I'll be interviewing Roger Schrock, president of Rockwood Door. Let's get started. Okay, so I'm here with Roger Schrock, who is part owner and president of Rockwood Door. So if you want to just start by me introducing yourself and then start go into the story of how the business started and kind of how you came to your role here at Rockwood. Well, I've been here since I was 15. I uh, actually helped start when uh, my dad wanted to build the building. I was here to help with the excavation. And so I sort of, uh, I've been part of the organization ever since. And... Uh, so the business was founded in 86. Dad had just sold out a partnership that he had with someone else and was looking to diversify in the woodworking, stay with woodworking products that he knew and understood. And in 1986, at that point, he decided to start uh, looking for other work that was, the decision was, wasn't as clear maybe that there was a huge need, but he saw that at this point, making quality level, uh, high quality level doors uh, was not something that was out in the market and there was a need for it. And so with the background in woodworking, kitchens, and all the experience, taking that and applying it to not cabinet doors, but house doors sort of was the reason why it was founded and doors and how we started out indoors was just taking the current experiences things that we knew things that dad knew and applying them to a slightly different product line mm -hmm. but much of the same processes details how you do things it was just a bigger version of the cabinet door and so that's um, how it was started dad dad was a sole proprietor uh, still a member of trucks and the other kitchen shop and involved there but looking to grow a business on his own as well. Mm -hmm. So that's why we started, that's why doors. Got it. So um, I guess how did you uh, come to the role you have now, or how are you president? I guess there was a transition somewhere through the years. Um, yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, I started in, uh, well, I was here before the building was built, mm -hmm. and so I've been here all those years, and I started out part-time in the evening. I'd come off the school bus, and we had one employee at the time, and he couldn't. there were some things he couldn't do on his own, and so I started helping him. I'd get off the bus, change clothes, come back in and work a couple hours in the evening, maybe even just an hour, and help him whatever he needed. So that was how I got into it. I did one year of high school, and then there was another... High school didn't seem as viable back then, uh, and so for us, with our culture and the options, to, it was either public school or, or private, and that didn't appeal as much. And so the decision was between me and Dad that I'm going to just work here. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think at 15 years old I started. And so I've done everything at the shop. I had to clean. I had to just do stuff. Whatever needed to be done. How did I get to where I'm at? Is a looking back. It's a 
years of just being available. When Dad would say, "Hey, we need to. Somebody needs to do this." One of the an example of that would be deliveries. I was our first delivery driver. The others were Amish, and I remember early on in the days we'd rent a truck, and one of the first deliveries we did, Dad and I, and on a Saturday we went to Cleveland and delivered doors, and so uh, a lot of my way of doing life, I guess, was just. Now that I look back, I can see, well, there was a need for this. Could you do that? Okay. And through the years, it was started out as my first main role was in one department, Mm pre-hanging. But then through the years, I got asked for other stuff. Someone would quit or there was a need for that. And that's how I moved into the office and got involved in sales and really enjoyed that side of life Mm -hmm. and just grew into it and through the years took on more responsibilities. We didn't set out that I'm going to be president, right. but today it ends up that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So uh, is your dad completely stepped out of the business, or like, does he still have um, roles in it, or is it basically transition he would only be like a partner? Like at this point, primarily he's a partner, spends a fair bit of time uh, maybe in Florida for the winter, and, mm-hmm. and today he's in Indiana visiting his sister-in-law, and, and so he travels. And, Still comes in, visits here, wants to know what's going on, and has some words of advice for us. And so he does help, but in the day-to-day operations, he's, he's stepped out of it. Mm-hmm. So um, going back to kind of how the business works, so you guys make doors. Are these, um, I guess, just like commercial doors? Do you guys do a lot of production? Is there a lot of, of capital intensive where it's automated, or are you guys more labor intensive? What does that kind of look like, and who are your target customers, I guess? Well, the product that we build, uh, the best way to describe it would be engineered to order, or every door that we build, I always say, somewhere there is a, an opening for that door already, either planned or in existence. It's not, uh, we, we design this door, configure the size and, and all the specifications for such and such an opening and it won't be this door won't it could fit in other places but it's engineered for their specific needs mm-hmm. and so uh, we build custom doors and it's truly custom as a blank page and that's where we're best at although we we enjoy repeat routine stuff as well uh, our target customers are going to be people who want to spend extra. Uh, they're the owners, homeowners, mostly residential, although we do commercial, we do a fair number of restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done churches, colleges, and those types of places. We do fitting room doors, which is retail for us. We call it retail, but it's actually not. It's just in the retail store fixtures. Um, target customers, our best customer is a high-end contractor that is trying to build something that an architect has designed and specified. Mm -hmm. And so architects drive our business, but contractors buy our product. And so. So, um, yeah, I guess kind of moving on or looking back, what has the process of growing the business been? So, I mean, you had mentioned earlier that 
you started with what one employee maybe or was it just your dad that started or kind of what has that process been over the years of growing it and stuff looking back i would say we didn't spend a lot of time thinking about strategy or being strategic but we've been more responsive to the market mm-hmm. and as the market has increased and people ask for more product we've grown with that we have had times where we had uh, a process of growing or, or a strategy that we may have said, well, there was an opportunity. And one of those was we would buy some curved and radius components from a supplier. And in the course of life, he wanted to move on and retire, sell out. And so we were able to uh, acquire part of his business. Mm-hmm. And because it meshed with us, we would buy radius parts for him to build doors or mm-hmm. uh, trim and so now we were able to grow and that added a that was a strategic growth a little more intensive versus just more organic more orders come in we grow need more people um, so that's sort of been our history uh, we have been working to change that and maybe you'll, we'll look at that a little later but um, as we look back we've just been more responsive to the market and the needs of the customers, and that's how we've grown. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So, um, I guess you mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, it started as a sole proprietorship. Do you want to just kind of work through the process of what it is now? You said it's a partnership, and also how the curve components, how that works. So are there two separate businesses, or is everything together kind of? Okay. Want to maybe explain that a little bit? And maybe as far as the ownership structure, Dad started, and obviously as he grew older, he, he was looking to, to pass on the business, or he didn't want to be in here forever. Right. And so my brother and I are partners with Dad, and uh, so that's the current business ownership, and not sure what the next phase of that ownership looks like at this point. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's going to probably be that for another while, at least, and we don't have to make major decisions. And what was the next part of your question? Um, I guess the curves and components. Like, does, are there two separate businesses, okay. or how does that work, kind of as an LLC? I guess. So, buying that business seemed like a natural fit looking at it from a manufacturing standpoint mm-hmm. because we we're clearly the machines we use to build doors some of the products that that company built we used uh, and so we thought it's a natural fit and we use the same process the same equipment mm-hmm. or some of the same equipment and we were already doing some of those types of work but when we have large versions of orders, larger orders of the curved moldings, we would buy it out mm-hmm. versus building it ourselves. And so it seemed like a natural fit to buy that and call it our, the same company. Mm-hmm. When we went to develop the marketing plan for curves and components, we discovered that it's not the same customer. Sure. And so we didn't want two companies. We just wanted one company. Mm-hmm. And so the way we overcame that is we... Internally, we are one company, but to the customer, we are actually two. We have two websites, and we would market to two different groups of people. Although we designed the websites so that when you're on one, you're almost not sure, is it the same one? 
and there's a toggle on the top where you can switch back and forth from one website to the other. So we're trying to present one company and yet we recognize in marketing that we have to talk to two groups of people because there's one is doors and millwork and things that are attached to buildings mm -hmm. and one is curves and components, things that are going to furniture or OEM products, uh, RV industry, and, and they, they look for curved doors right. but they don't use them in the way we think of as a contractor would. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, we have two separate marketing plans but we have one company and service the customer from one, one standpoint. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, the next question I kind of have is, simply put, how does Rockwood help the uh, community? So is that simply providing jobs for people in it or is there a little bit more of a vision behind that? Yes. There is a vision behind it, uh, a strong belief that business is designed to support family, business is designed to support, as Christians, we have a strong desire to support church, the mission of Christ, mm -hmm. and, and so we feel primarily business is not business to be in business, but business is to be supporting families. Families are to support churches and community. Mm -hmm. And so we work, you'll see our actions sort of mesh with that. We do obviously provide jobs for people. That's mm -hmm primary thing that we do, provide services to customers, and uh, we have, how do we help the community? Well, we want to, first of all, bear a good witness and a testimony as a Christian company. Mm -hmm. Although we don't tout ourselves as being Christian, we still aren't bashful in our interactions with customers. Mm -hmm. So we try to have that as being a, something that we give, but it's not very tangible. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, we do invest in the community, uh, charitable giving, and, and do some sharing as well when we have opportunity. Um, do you guys have future plans for the business? Um, I guess you had maybe touched on a little bit that you might have some ideas that more strategic and not as much just letting it go with the market or how the economy is going. So do you have, actually have more plans like that or not really? Currently, we're in a process, I guess, of, of uh, switching from becoming more aware of this responsive nature that we've had through the years as a company, and we're wanting to switch that to more of a strategic nature to where we actually manage our sales coming in and we are more specific and direct in our marketing, and then that we are also more uh, specific in saying no to some customers instead of just saying all yes to all customers mm -hmm. saying that doesn't fit to us and so the that's one of the business plans or one of the strategies plans that we're trying to incorporate now is to become more strategic in our uh, decision-making process mm -hmm. and not as responsive or reactionary maybe would be a better uh, along with that, we're, we've reached a level of growth in the company where we need systems and processes mm -hmm. to, to make our life easier. Uh, there's a lot of frantic energy that gets spent in managing all the variety of product. One of our strengths, I always say, is that we have a tremendous variety of product and market mm -hmm. 
so uh, it helps stabilize when the economy does change. Not everything goes down. Right. Not all of our eggs are in one basket. But that has produced a tremendous uh, challenge in trying to be good at many things. Mm -hmm. And so we don't have, we, have, we rely heavily at Rockwood on the skill of the people. And uh, so we're trying to become more strategic in that as well mm -hmm. and building systems and processes. So uh, we've been on a lean journey in our production side for about two years, over two years. We're just launched about three, four months ago, the same lean journey process review in our uh, pre-production areas. And for example, every day in May, we're having a morning meeting for half an hour and we talk about the processes mm -hmm. of information organization and how to take the information from the customer to production. There's that big gap in between and we, we just, it's a lot of challenges. As, as we grow, pro, uh, our products become more, uh, more intensive and more complex. Uh, instead of just being a simple door and someone else buys glass and puts it in, today it's a, a, a door with glass and hardware and pre-finish and, and then they want custom finish. And so all of those layers of the customer wants this and the customer wants that creates more items and information to manage. And mm -hmm. so the process is uh, we're trying to refine that and simplify that process so that we can bring in younger people with less experience and they can be effective and, and contribute right away mm -hmm. instead of waiting and working for five years before they finally really have a deep history and knowledge and a lot of tribal knowledge and trying to get that out into systems and processes that are documented. So that's where we're at future plans short term for the business for the next five years would be to try to work on getting some of our tribal knowledge out mm -hmm. and where it's systemized and and yet the challenge is it's such there's so much variety that it's harder to document mm -hmm. yep um, I guess kind of in closing or a few closing questions um, I want to ask what's your biggest failure I guess whether that be the personal or business life here and what did you learn from it I've had numerous ones, and I always laugh and joke because I don't have a college education, but I say I've paid for it many times. Mm. It's called the, uh, I don't know, the school of life. It teaches you a lot of things, but one of the significant things that I've learned uh, that I think probably the first one that I would just go to, I made numerous through the years I can think back of some choices and how that project failed or this failed and mm -hmm. but this one we had a new customer and it sounded good and they were a good customer he, the, the work that he was asking for was good quality it meshed with our what we can do we could produce but it ended up there was a lot of projects in New York City and they have very tight schedules in New York summer condensed production that they can only go into these apartments because of the neighbors and, and so they have a summer schedule and it's from Memorial Day to Labor Day are the days you can work in the house or in the apartment condo and that led to 
in a hurry, we had a lot of orders. And in a hurry, we were producing fast. And of course, payment lags behind, and payment lags behind. And, and he was growing, and we were growing, and he failed to manage his side of it. And then the economy went down, and in that, he got left sitting with a lot of people that didn't pay him. He wasn't strong enough, and he did, couldn't pay us, and so we took a big hit on the work that we did for him. And I guess the lesson I learned was just how to be savvy. Uh, you need good work. You need the right kind of customer. But there are people who don't have the integrity that we do, and mm -hmm. so not to be as trusting. And again, I don't fault him for his intention was to pay. He, he didn't come here with the intent to not pay us. Mm -hmm. But uh, we've learned and we've put processes in place that we can't always trust people. And we can't just, what we think in the filter of life that we look through, when I say something, I think along the lines of, I'm intending to be honest. and mm -hmm. because So that's my vantage point of how I look at statements that people may tell me right. and I've learned that that's not always true and you need to verify you need to back that up and you need to put parameters in place as Christians maybe we don't go to the court of law well then I have to make business choices that help me so I don't have to go to the court of law to to strong arm and and deal with things like that so I guess that would be one of the failures was just uh, recognizing that if we have a non-resistant lifestyle and we live a certain way, there's other people out there who, without bad intention, just have a different mindset. And we have to make sure that our cultures don't collide. They think one thing, I think something else, and, and I trust more than I should, mm -hmm. uh, et cetera. Yep. Um, kind of one of the last questions here. Do you have any words of advice for, uh, I guess, me or anybody that's maybe has an entrepreneurial business trying to go go into business or maybe what to do to prepare for business at my age or whatever, I guess, kind of? Oh, yeah. There's a lot to learn. A lot of lessons and a lot of things that I've, uh, and what advice... I don't know if there's any single piece of advice, but one thing that I have learned and, and like in, you have to have an attitude of humility and being teachable. Mm -hmm. uh, life will teach you. And when you come at it from the perspective of understanding that I don't know everything, you can learn from those and not, uh, not when you're humble, you're, you're, you're easily taught. Mm -hmm. And so you have to have confidence. You have to feel good about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you have to know your stuff. You have to have intelligence or you have to have certain, uh, you have to do things right. But at the end of the day, if, if the attitude of humility and being teachable allows mentors to teach you. And as I reflect back, I have learned so much from customers and people that God has put into my life through business connections, mm -hmm. that if I am just able to stop and listen to them, they 
readily teach me things that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the first one would be to have a humble attitude. And that translates over into uh, sometimes in business, you come to the point where you did make a mistake or things you, you committed to something and you couldn't fulfill. Mm -hmm. That humility allows you then to just put your cards on the table and tell the customer, this is what happened and I'm sorry. And I have never had it to where when I did that and had to do that, that the customer said, I accept that. Yeah, they've been disappointed maybe or frustrated with our performance or something that happened. But at the end of the day, if I try to hide behind this, oh, we've got it all in and this is what happened, or just, just be honest mm -hmm. with the customer, yeah. with whoever you're talking to. And then some of those hardest things that come up in life can can uh, be taken care of. Mm -hmm. And so you learn so much from people that, uh, again, yeah, I, next week I've got a friend coming and he was a customer, my first significant customer that I remember when I moved into the office. And he's coming to do his third or fourth house and uh, wants to buy doors, cabinetry, moldings, and uh, has moved way beyond the customer level of today. He's actually a personal friend of mine and a, a business mentor. I call him sometimes when I just need to know something. Mm -hmm. And so those are the things that uh, I, I don't read a lot of books, although I should, I, I do read some books, but I am more of a people to people and relationships. Mm -hmm. And I've learned so much from those people. So. All right. Well, thanks for taking time out of your schedule. I know you're busy. Yep, thank you. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Be sure to stay tuned for the release of more new episodes. Signing out, it's your host, Trevor Troyer.